This is Money Stories, Episode 20, Catholic Bloggers and a Bible Study. Hi, and welcome to Money Stories, a podcast where we interview fellow Catholics and Christians so we can all learn from their personal money stories. I'm Caitlin Kano, a wife, mom, financial counselor, and student of all things stewardship. I'm Diana Rojas. I'm a fourth grade math teacher, a children's book author, and a young adult parish missionary. How are you doing, Diana? I'm so good. Yeah, yeah. enjoying summer break now that summer's officially started because uh, summer school's ended, so it's all good. Normally, our summer is like almost three months long, but I did summer school this year, and so it's a little bit shorter, but I still have a good five weeks to enjoy and relax and do whatever teachers do over summer. <laughs> and what do teachers do? <laughs> oh, man. Um, a lot of relaxing. This teacher likes to yeah. take naps and go to the beach. Um, the beach looks different this summer, but... We have a little place in the Keys that we get to enjoy. So that's been really awesome. And mostly this summer, I've been just helping out with my, my nephew. He's 18 months. So just spending time with him and yeah, playing with him a lot. Well, deserved break. And, and you're going to be back at it here coming yeah. up in a few weeks soon. Really soon and really different, but it's okay. It'll be good. It'll all be good. It'll be good. And yeah, I'm excited about this conversation we're having today. This is going to be such a blessing. This is going to be a record setting episode for us because we've never had this many guests. So we're going to definitely be winging it, but it's going to be on a wing and a prayer. It's going to be totally fine. But this week we actually have six guests in one episode. What happened was several weeks ago, we had this idea to have a group of bloggers participate in our faith and money matters Bible study. And we went through and did some research and, and picked out different bloggers that we thought may be interested based on their blogging topics. And we had them participate in a Bible study together as a group, and they had to do it virtually because of, um, because of COVID and also because geographically they're all over the United States. But it ended up being a really cool group. I'm kind of jealous that we didn't get to participate. I don't know about you, Diana. <laughs> Yeah, bloggers are always super interesting. So it's going to be super awesome to talk to all of them at one time and hear their opinions and their thoughts about the Bible study. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering how they, you know, came together and, and how those conversations went. Um, so we invited two of the couples that participated to participate in this week's podcast to hear their perspectives. Next week, we're going to hear from two of the other bloggers. So we kind of split it up into two different podcast episodes. So one of the couples that'll be joining us actually facilitated this study, and they're amazing. They have facilitated three or four other times, and we were just so blessed that they took the opportunity to facilitate again. And actually, this whole thing was Katie Shepard's idea. Katie and her husband, Colin, um, are amazing, and she shared this idea with me, and we just kind of ran with it, and it turned out beautifully. But Colin and Katie met um, when they served as JAG officers in the Army about 16 years ago. Colin currently works for the Social Security Administration as an administrative law judge, and he also serves as an instructor at Department of Law at West Point. Katie's retired from the JAG Corps and works in ministry as the Director of Advancement and Stewardship at Cathedral of Christ the King. They currently reside in Lexington, Kentucky, and they are blessed with four children. One of the other couples we have is Katie and Joel Cassidy, and they live in Colorado. Joel works at a nonprofit organization, and Katie's actually a beekeeper, which is super cool, but she also writes on her blog called Unexpected Honey. If you haven't visited, it's a really cool blog, and I would highly suggest it. 
And she was actually just recently published um, a reflection book. It's, dig it's a digital reflection book called Sunday Fun for Faith-Filled Families. It's available through Bayer Faith Resources, but the link is also on her blog, which again was Unexpected Honey. And our last couple is Jason and Victoria. They're newlyweds, newlyweds that live in the Boston area. Jason runs a financial advisory business with his dad, and Victoria works for the financial gym as a financial coach. They met on Catholic Match, and their current quarantine hobby is driving around looking for homes for sale. Victoria blogs at consumercatholic.com has a podcast called Treasures in Heaven. We're so excited to have all three of these couples and hear all they have to share about their experience with the Faith and Money Matters Bible study. So my first question is for Katie Shepherd, and I need to give you credit for this idea of having this group together, coming together for a Faith and Money Matters Bible study, because it was your idea. Really, you know, you, you were the one that emailed me, and once you said it, I just thought this was just divine. It was wonderful. It's such a good idea. So I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners what your idea was for putting together this group and kind of what your goals were when it came to having this Bible study come together. So I think that I was just Googling um, and just coming across just awesome content from just amazing women out there who were, they were already having this conversation, or at least they were putting it out there. Um, through the lens of like their own blogs and it was good stuff. And I was like, Hey, these, these women are already writing about it. Um, do they know, like, do they know about compass Catholic and, and we don't necessarily know about them. So, um, we're all doing the same thing. So why don't we, you know, why aren't we doing it together and having the conversation together? Um, because they've got, they've got a following and they've got a passion and compass has a, you know, amazing tools. So it just made sense to put it together. I love that. And you're so right in that there's already a community that's being built over this. We need to talk about how we can implement our faith in our everyday behaviors and finances being one of the key ways. And when you said that, it just reminded me of actually Victoria. When I first started with Compass Catholic, I found her blog. And I remember thinking, there's someone else. There's someone else who thinks about these things. And there's power in community. So, um, yeah, I think you're, you're so right that if we can put the tools with the passion, I mean, what kind of changes can we make? And so I really appreciate your idea and you sharing the idea with us because it came together so well. And I think you guys had a pretty good bonding experience, but um, yeah, sharing your idea. Just not, it's not just having ideas, but it's also sharing it. And that's, I think, such a blessing. So thank you for doing that, Katie. We, we've done this, this course. Um, several iterations of the course, like in the parish, the way that it initially is supposed to be, or, or ideally is supposed to be run, right? So certain amount of weeks, you put it in the bulletin and, you know, it's been successful, but there was something about this group <clears throat> online. And I wasn't sure about the Zoom thing. I feel like a lot of the the parents out there were, were, we were a bit zoomed out after, you know, non-traditional instruction for so long. Um, but somehow like it really did just work. And I, I have to believe that it was partly, um, I, partly the anonymity of it. Um, it was easy that all you had to do was sit in front of your computer and turn it on. Um, you didn't have to be anywhere. You didn't have to get ready. You didn't have to arrange for childcare. So that was definitely a plus. Um, but it was also a very safe place because, you know, I'm not, although, you know, I've grown to love you all. Like, I'm not going to see you at max. Like our families are not going to mm. necessarily, um, 
you know, ever come together. And I do think there's a little bit of a stigma and a concern about having these conversations. So when you're within a parish that you're going to see people and you're going to feel like, Oh, am I going to, am I oversharing? I don't want, you know, yeah. I don't want to reveal too much. You didn't have any of that in this forum. I love how you said that the zoom is, I think in the beginning intimidating, but I think also there's a, a major advantage to the zoom. Like you said, you don't have to leave your house. Like you can just like, husband take the kids or kids be quiet and like just focus on the zoom and so i think that's i think i'm i'm in i'm a young adult parish missionary so we've had the same thing where everything's on zoom and at first i was like no one's gonna come it's gonna be so bad we've had more people come because it's on zoom I'm like this is awesome like i mean don't get me wrong i definitely want to be in person again but it, it is you know a great tool that we were able to use it and i'm so glad that it worked out so well for you guys um that's that's super awesome I want to thank all of you guys that are bloggers because I love writing, but the idea of putting my writing for the whole world to see like that, it's a different story. So all of you guys that are bloggers, just thank you for doing that. And for continuing to do that, that's a gift. So you guys are so great at that. I really appreciate your, your willingness to put your words for the world out there. My question is for Victoria and Jason. Um, you guys are both in the field of personal finance. And Victoria, you've already been involved with Compass Catholic on a series of uh, manager, manager money God's Way podcast and blog um, regarding student loans. So you've already kind of been exposed to the world of, of faith-based financial wellness. I'm wondering if while you were taking the Bible study, you had any like the little light bulb moments where, aha, that, that makes a lot of sense. Did you have any of those moments when you guys were doing the study together? Yeah, we definitely did. And honestly, I know I was, I was actually worried that people would think, well, why is she doing it? Like, is this fair that she's doing it and she works in this field? And honestly, mm. I feel like I learned, I, I feel like I learned more than anyone because I deal with financial planning from, I guess, a secular point of view all the time, mm. yet I'm thinking about the faith perspective on it. So it was nice to actually talk to people where I could talk about two things that I really enjoy. And I think the biggest thing for me, the, the light bulb moment, was just seeing all the scripture verses that pertain to money, just the sheer number of them. I, I know I had heard that statistic about, I think it's, is it 2,500 times in the Bible money is mentioned? And at first you're like, wow. And then, but then you start to read the actual scriptures. And I thought, oh, this was written like thousands of years ago. <laughs> it's just amazing. So it's like God knew that as humans, we would have this type of response to money, that we would mm. fall into materialism and consumerism. And so the, it was sort of already, a playbook was already written for us thousands of years ago. So the scriptures really, I think, got to me the most. Yeah, no, I, and I, I would say that from a personal finance standpoint, um, you know, I've had a lot of obviously talks with from a secular standpoint of, you know, how personal finance relates to people's lives and um, just from industry talks and whatnot. But to hear it from folks in the Catholic community was really great. And to see how it plays into their their faith, I think, is something that is unique because I don't think a lot of um, times in the faith you talk about that vulnerability or how it affects your life. I think it's, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's more on the back burner that way. So it, it's really nice to have a group like this talk about their experiences and how they give to charities or ethical, 
um, situations and, uh, and certainly haven't really gotten that before. So that was, that was something unique. Yeah, I think that's so true. It's, it's a different level of vulnerability. Um, sometimes it's easier to talk about things like sex than it is about money, which is really interesting that we'd rather talk about those topics in our personal finances. But I think that goes to show how vulnerable we feel when we're talking about money and, and the power of having a peer group like Katie and Colin were saying, where you can meet over Zoom or whatever other means where there's community, but there's also a level of you can let yourself be vulnerable because you're not going to see these folks every day. So I think that's a really powerful thing. And Katie and Joel, my next question is for, for you two. Um, so it seems to me that based on reading from some of your posts from your blog, Katie, called Unexpected Honey, that you strive for a life of simplicity and minimalism. Am, am I correct there? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I love that. And there's a big minimalism movement, especially among millennials and Generation Xers. Um, and it's really gaining a lot of traction because I think people are seeing the value in not having so much stuff and having your money go towards things like experiences and community building and other things rather than owning a big house or owning the most recent car that your, your money's being shifted towards most, what's most important to you. So I'm wondering if you can speak to the movement of minimalism, if that's um, one that you try and live out and how the study fit into prioritizing your spending based on your values. Was that something that resonated with you or was that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when, when we started this, I was really thinking um, that I wanted to latch onto the stewardship idea because that's really been important to me for a long time um, as a beekeeper and environmental steward. Um, you know, all of those things fit together really nicely and I haven't overtly made the connection between financial stewarding and um, an environment, but it's all, it's all the same. It's how we use what we have. Right. Um, and so for the first time, I think when we did this study, I really put like maybe took some ownership of the fact that like the fact that we have one income and it is a nonprofit sort of income, you know, like our life kind of necessitates some simplicity and intentionality, um, which is not new, but it kind of gave us a little bit more momentum and um, meaning to why we do what we do. And, and um, yeah, I guess just the impact of how we use our money and what we use it for, because, you know, like we don't have gobs of it to work with, but we want to really make it count where we use it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Uh, so it's so cool that you're a beekeeper. That's amazing. <laughs> so much fun. But um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I don't know. I, I feel like I grew up in an area where the word stewardship just came up on Stewardship Sunday or during the annual stewardship appeal. And it was code word for we need donations. And I'm really kind of curious what it's going to take for us to redefine this, not redefine, take back the meaning of the word. Mm -hmm to what it needs to mean, which is holistically. I mean, you living on one income and that income being a nonprofit income and doing what you can do to live out your values, that stewardship as is taking care of the environment, it's a very holistic term. And Diana and I were actually having this conversation a few days ago, um, being frustrated that it's a word that we're told to stay away from because Catholics hear it as co-word for donations. Um, I don't know if anyone has any insight on that or, or thoughts or anything to offer, but um, I just think that's something we need to explore as Catholics. Why are we defining it 
or letting it be defined in this way when it means essentially a synonym for discipleship. Um, I don't know if I'm correct there or incorrect or if anyone has any thoughts on that. I don't know. Well, I'll throw this out there. You can take it out if you want. But um, we've been talking about this. We, we teach marriage prep too. And, and we spend a lot of time on Genesis um, in our marriage prep class. And so going into the whole story of Genesis in the Old Testament and talking about Adam and Eve being called as stewards and like given everything and, and called to use it well. Like we have, maybe this is why it just has made more sense and we've dug into it really deeply, but um, kind of really hearkening back to, to Genesis has helped us own that a little bit, I think, or personally, I don't know. I don't know if I can speak for you, but, um, and we do this annually, you know, and so it's kind of given a little bit more, more ownership. Um, so that's a connection point. That's not stewardship as a call for donations, but um, but as a call for responsibility, which has been re- reinforcing for sure. I love that you called it a call to responsibility because so I took the Bible study just 2019. It was not that long ago. And I was not familiar at all with the, I mean, I knew what the word stewardship meant, but I wasn't familiar with it, like in how it applied to our faith. And so I remember when I was, I had John and Evelyn as, as my instructors and I was like, wait, like we have to take care of everything. It all belongs to God. Like it's his. And it just like blew my mind, this idea. And, and then I, and then I was frustrated. Like, why am I a Catholic that has no idea how to properly use this word or use my money or use everything around me? Um, so I've been pushing my young adult ministry. We actually did our last, our last weekly meeting was about stewardship of the earth. And so it was, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Just talking about how to take care of the earth, but you know, it's, I, I love the word and yeah, Kit and I were talking how we want to call some stuff stewardship and sometimes they're like, mm, maybe pick a different word besides stewardship, but I love the word. I think it's a great word when you know how to apply it correctly. I agree with all of that. And you know, we're, we're really trying to use the word as much as we can to kind of, to, to re-educate people and move away from the connection of stewardship, meaning they want, they just want to ask for money. And so we have this definition um, that we put in our bulletin, and I love it. And it's, it's actually from the um, USCCB um, bishop's letter on stewardship, and it's called like a disciple's response. And it, the definition is stewardship is the recognition that everything belongs to God. We are called to use his gifts, tools, and talents he has given us to glorify him. Good stewards live their lives in an intentional way. They trust that when they work in conjunction with the Lord's plan for them, amazing and miraculous things happen. And I love that because, you know, when you're trying to align like your will with his, then you just, you naturally are going to want to use all of you, like all of your gifts, um, you know, you know, for him. And it's just, you know, to me, sometimes uh, going back to like the the most simplest definition of stewardship, um, and I'll use the example of our little, uh, our little Molly and her bike. um, she did not like this little bike because she had outgrown it. All the other kids had gotten new bikes and she sabotaged her bike. Um, she was not a good steward of her bike. And, you know, there was, and when we say sabotage, she took a, it was a crime of passion. She took a knife to, to, a, to a needle, a needle, a needle uh, to, to the uh, tire crime of passion. I could have convicted it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> But um, anyway, like, so, but we all, we do the same things, you know, when we, you know, I think about 
something we've been given or I'm, I'm too tired to go out and close the garage door or I'm too tired to you know, just, just take care of something that maybe someone else has given to me. Um, and so, I mean, it, it starts with like just the smallest of the small things. And I think it goes back to the, that passage of, you know, if you can trust you with small things, mm. um, you know, then completely paraphrasing, but you know, he will give you more. And I think the, the perspective change for me was when I realized that everything that's given to me from my hair to my shoes, to my car, like if I, if I think of it as, as his, as, as God's, like, I'm going to take care of it a lot better. Like I, I remember my sister lent me her car for the day a couple months ago. And I was like super careful with it because it wasn't mine and I was borrowing it. And if we can apply that concept to everything in our lives, like how much better will we take care of our finances, our bikes, our cars, our money? Like, yeah, I love that you said like, it's something that's been given to us. You, you know, and, and how arrogant are we, if we, we believe our, our one to two to 10%, I mean, God, God made this, this whole thing in seven days. Right. I mean, uh, and so I think God cares more about, you know, if you tithe, I think he cares more about the 90% that, mm -hmm. that you use rather than necessarily that 10%. And so, um, I mean, God asks so little of us. Um, and, and I think we are a little bit arrogant if we think our, um, you know, if we're, if it's, we're given the 1% or the 2% or the 10% and that's good, that's good. And, and I'll, I'll handle the, the other 90% any, any way I'd like to. And I would, I would just say too, like, I think, you know, one of the questions like, how do you disconnect like stewardship from a Catholic perspective from only meaning, you know, donate your money for a new parish window or something, right? Like somehow trying to tie stewardship into aspects outside the parish, right? Like, cause too often it's time, talent, treasure for ministries that happen mm. inside the church, which are important and which need to be supported, right? But like, I think if, if there were opportunities or it was presented in a stewardship homily that, you know, hey, the church is, you know, going down to the food pantry here or soup kitchen here, and this is how you're a steward of your time and your talent, you know, like it, it could help connect that idea that, you know, God is God of all of our lives, not just, what we do on Sundays, right? I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. So before we end our, our session together, I, I'm going to challenge you guys for a second. I want you guys to think back. You guys all took the, the Faith and Money Matters Bible study. So can you guys all think of maybe one thing either collectively or like as a couple or on your own that just one takeaway that you had that just kind of you really have stuck with after the Bible study or just struck a chord with you some way and just share it so we can all kind of hear each other's ideas and our listeners can hear whatever you guys learned from the Bible study. You can take, your, take a second, think about it. <laughs> no rush. Um, I was, I was kind of paging through the booklet before we got on here and I won't get it right because I'm not looking at it right now, but there was a quote that like, God doesn't call us to be generous to raise funds, but to raise people to be mm. more like Jesus. And I just, I, that resonated so deeply with me. Just this idea that like, it is not out of, you know, it's not out of my abundance. It's out of my, my small understanding and my small vision of the call I've received to, you know, be obedient in the way that I live my life so that I can cooperate with God and, you know, like move, move forward with the kingdom on earth. And, um, 
so anyway, just that idea that like in doing this, I am I am being kind of melded into the the image of the person of Christ um, was a good challenge and a good insight that I hadn't seen before. I think one of the things I've reflected on is just you know I I I do think from a economic standpoint, I'm a believer in capitalism because I think it it creates um, opportunity for people to um, make their way. But with that said, I also just reflective of obviously what's going on with the pandemic and um, how different areas are being more impacted. And I just think that to have more security nets for people are also from a standpoint of if you, you know, are able to, to, to be successful in different ways, how important it is and incumbent on you to, to give back and, and be generous. And I think, you know, one of the things that's resonated for the course with, with me even more so is just intentionality. Um, just, I think, you know, in the past you can be so focused on your own situation and saving and wanting to get ahead in terms of uh, not in debt and all that stuff, being aware from a macro perspective. Um, you know, I think just even seeing what's going on right now in terms of the country and the world, you know, just having that perspective is, is really needed. Yes. And I agree with Jay, my husband, of course. Um, I think that there, I think probably the generosity section really stood out to me about how giving benefits the giver more than the receiver and, or the recipient. And I think we've all heard that, like there's a, you gain so much from giving, but I do think that this section really forced me to turn inward and ask myself, was I giving out of love or was I giving out of feeling like it was an obligation? And I think it was, was it Mother Teresa maybe who said, um, God loves a cheerful giver? Maybe I'm misquoting, but I want to be that type of person. And this, that section really motivated me to be someone who gives and doesn't count the cost. So much easier said than done. But if I could be described that way, like I would love for someone to describe me as lavishly generous. And I'm not there, but this really inspired me because I think when you have that mindset of stewardship and that understanding that it's really not yours and you're just kind of watching over it for God, it's really his, it's easier to let go. It's, it's a journey for sure. But I like that it really challenged me to think that way and to grow as a person because that's the point of all of this, really. I love how you guys both mentioned the word intentionality and, and our intentions why we do things. I think that's such an important aspect of all of this is um, why we're doing it. I remember I, when I, before I took the course, like I enjoy saving money. It's like a game for me. It's fun. But I wasn't doing it for like for him. I was doing it for me and I was able to change my intentions behind that. And it kind of, gave it a whole new meaning. So meaning. So I'm glad you guys both mentioned that word intentionality. I'm not sure if, uh, that wasn't Colin... intentional. <laughs> it was an accident. There you go. <laughs> we both facilitated this course a couple times, but every single time it's like reading it for the first time. And, and I, I learn or look at it from a different perspective and just go deeper and, and recognize um, that I'm being, I'm, I'm being challenged from maybe from a different chapter. Um, 
but I just like the, I like the fact that it, it's all about trusting the Lord and, you know, we can, we can, we can do all the financial calculations and we can track everything we spend. But at the end, if you think you're in control of all of that, all that does is build anxiety. Um, so it's really doing that to be good stewards because like, like, like we've all said, um, he, he's in control. And I think we just, we just have to trust that he is going to give us what we need when we need it. For example, in two years, he will give us what we need to send Michaela to school, <laughs> you know, or she will get a scholarship. Like, <laughs> we just have to like that, that it, it will be there. Um, and that when maybe you feel like one door is closed, another will open. So I think for me, um, my favorite part was just giving a little bit of that, that control up and, and exchange growing in that trust and intimacy with, with the Lord. Um, this was the first four or five weeks was, was just a busy time here, um, that we were in this study. Um, this, I think this is the third or fourth time that I've facilitated. Um, so I'm not sure that there was anything that was new um, that, that I came away with in this study. But I was kind of, I just kind of had this, you know, uh, spiritual dryness for, you know, for the last two or three months during the pandemic. And so to come together with um, others who were just trying to do it the right way and do it, trying to do it God's way and trying to learn more, what more uh, that looked like um, was a real pick me up for the week. Uh, and you get a sense of that just talking to them. Um, but it was kind of that, uh, you know, that, that, that's something that held me up during the week. And, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. So um, that's really, and I think that's what studies do. Um, and, and particularly uh, when you can be vulnerable and you can talk about mistake and celebrate successes. And he gave you what you needed in that is stewardship in itself, right? So maybe even it wasn't a new takeaway from the study, the fellowship was what you needed at this time. And don't we all need fellowship right now? Oh my goodness. <laughs> some community, some sense of belonging as we're all, you know, living our, our faith in our own home. So I just appreciate all of you. And Katie, thank you so much for having this idea and sharing it with us. Um, I think we selected the right group to go through the study together. And um, I, I think y'all bonded so well. We have two more participants that we haven't talked with yet, um, Amanda and Carrie, and we're going to speak with them next week um, on next week's episode about their perspectives. Um, but yeah, this has been wonderful. You guys have been a blessing and we're just so excited that now that you know how God can work through um, your finances and, and your faith life can be informed by your financial decisions um, and vice versa, that this is something that we can all share and evangelize through our actions, through our faith, through our, you know, cheerfulness and everything else. So you all are amazing. I'm just so glad this was the right group. Yes, thank you guys so much. You guys were all super insightful. For more information about Compass Catholic Ministries, including the various Bible studies and services that we offer, please visit compasscatholic.org. If you enjoy Money Stories, please share it with a friend. You may also like Compass Catholic's other podcast, Manage Your Money God's Way, available wherever you get your podcast. If you have any comments about today's show or suggestions for future shows, please email us at info at compasscatholic.org. Thanks for listening and God bless.